0: Welcome to the Illuminations Media Network. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke, who's world famous for his theories in goal setting.
1: The view that sexual pleasure is only physical, unrelated to your mind, your values, or your character, is very wrong. If sexual pleasure were nothing more than a physical sensation, you wouldn't need a partner. You would be happy with self-pleasuring. But this is not the case. To fully enjoy romantic sex, you need a partner, someone you deeply value. Masturbation or sex with someone who leaves you emotionally cold, such as a prostitute, or a one-night stand may provide physical relief, but such sexual experiences are impersonal and empty and brief compared to sex with someone you love.
0: You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and buy it at amazon.com.
2: Is dishonesty ruining your romance? Is your romance ruining a friendship? Now's your chance to talk about it with Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist, taking your calls and questions on romance, friendship, or any personal issue. Call her now, toll free, at 877 doctor Kenner. That's 877 D R K Self-sacrifice, we drool, is the ultimate virtue. Can a man sacrifice his integrity, his rights, his freedom, his convictions, The honesty of his feeling the independence of his thought self-sacrifice but it is precisely the self that cannot and must not be sacrificed a man's self is his spirit it is the unsacrificed self that we must respect in man above all
1: and think of that in your own life. Do you value yourself or do you think that sacrificing yourself is good? The more you give up, the more you do for everyone else in your life. Not necessarily because you love them and they're your value, but, but out of duty. You feel you have to. You have to do for a neighbor you don't like. You have to do for an in-law you don't like. You have to do for everybody else but you. And you get lost in the shuffle. That is not good. And that movie clip was from The Fountainhead. And what that book helped me grasp is that true happiness, genuine happiness, means making yourself lovable. And that doesn't mean being a people pleaser or uh, someone that's just a yes man. But is somebody who truly is honest with others and truly is honest with themselves and pursues their dreams, their goals without ever violating anyone else's rights and without ever letting, the, without letting others walk all over them either. So that's having good, lovable character, integrity and honesty and being productive and valuing yourself. And surprisingly, my co-author and I wrote a book emphasizing that. It's very provocative to say this, but we titled our book The Selfish Path to Romance. And we don't mean the mean, rotten way to romance. We mean the taking care of yourself, tending to yourself, valuing your character, making yourself lovable way to romance. And what happens If both partners do that, If both partners do that, they're going to value themselves. They won't feel lost in the relationship, in the shadow of their partner. And they also will learn to cherish each other too, because those are relationship skills that keep any good romance alive for over the long term. And that doesn't happen very often. In fact, in this particular case that I'm about to read, it's not even happening in the dating phase. This is from Alina. Hello, Dr. Kenner. I've been engaged for two years and we are having more and more problems every month. I've been thinking about this and trying many different approaches to reach my fiance. But at the end of the day, one big and heavy question lies on my shoulders. Are these just hard times that everyone goes through or should I get out of this before it starts to blur my vision? What types of tips or markers can can you suggest that would help me decide if I should stay or leave thank you exclamation point Alina. Now Alina I would recommend our book The The Selfish Path to Romance uh, but let me give you a few tips from that book and one is that you want to really know how to cherish your partner and it is true that early on in a relationship many couples are clueless they get married on the euphoria of just having dated and discovering each other and feeling valued and cherished and loved and cared for and then they move under one roof they marry and then or they start living together or start dating for a long period and they start to get in each other's hair I can't believe you do this and why do you do this and you never listen to me and you get all of those problems because you can't just go on Automatic. You can't just let those initials feel you, those initial loving feelings carry the relationship over an entire lifetime or the lifetime of the relationship. So it is true that you do want to learn skills, and I think reading the book that Dr. Redlock and I wrote, "The Selfish Path to Romance: How to Love with Passion and Reason," which you can get at Amazon.com, uh, will help you. Um, will help you set good standards. For example, what makes for a good relationship? One is psychological visibility, feeling really valued, cared for, cherished, adored, like you're the most important person in your partner's life and he is the most important person in your life. If that's withering away, if you find your attention and his attention going to friends or buddies or anything else but one another, there's a problem. Now that doesn't mean you don't have friends in your life. It just means that a romantic relationship means just that, that you want the connection to be between The partners, you want to feel at home with him. You want to feel that he listens to you, that he knows what's important to you, at your top values, and that if there are differences, you have good communication skills to talk about discrepancies. That he doesn't put you down for what you value. For example, I enjoy the theater. My husband doesn't. My husband doesn't put me down for enjoying the theater. I can go to the theater on my own. I can't force him to love it. And similarly, there are activities that he enjoys, he likes action movies. I'm not big on action movies, But I don't try to take them away from him. And then there are many things that we enjoy together. For example, dance. So building interest together is important too. Many couples don't do that. Also, habits. You know, if you're always late, that can become an an, an irritant for any couple. If you're always dropping dirty clothes around, even though it's not something that's uh, like lying, it's still a reason to... uh, increase your communication and hopefully to improve your relationship to figure out a solution to that that works for both of you so you want to feel also sexually visible intellectually visible Uh, both of those you want to feel like your partner values your mind and that he will focus on the fact that you also want some joy in sex that it isn't a one way street so there are a lot of things that make for a good relationship and you want to figure out what's going on um, in your particular relationship. Also, the biggest thing is... Does he make himself lovable or does he lie or tell little white lies? Is there something about his moral character that you don't like? Maybe he drinks too much or he swears too much or he just doesn't work the way you would admire. He just takes the easy way out. Those are reasons to leave. So you're asking, Alina, are these just hard times everyone goes through? It's been going on for two years, Alina. Or should I get out before it starts to blur my vision? I would get more information first, because one, it, unless he's abusive. Uh, and then you have every right to leave. If he ends up being a narcissist or an abusive person, you want signs for that, too. So let me just read a couple of those for you so that if he fits this bill, I would leave right away. I wouldn't uh, wait around if he's always putting you down, if he's trying to control you, if he's trying to isolate you from friends, friends and your family, if he becomes very jealous and possessive of you, or if he destroys or threatens to destroy things that you own, you know, I'm going to break this... Uh, I don't know. Maybe you have a photograph that you love of your family. I'm going to break this if you don't do this for me. And maybe he's always checking up on you. He has to know where you are or he's listening in on your phone calls. Maybe he physically harms you. Maybe he's always denying what you say or minimizing it. Yeah, you don't count. You know What you're saying doesn't matter because the, he comes in with the yes buts. If there's sexual violence or physical abuse, which can include hitting, slapping, Choking, punching, or degrading acts and sex Or trying to guilt trip you Or other forms of intimidate, intimidation You want to part ways immediately And you want to do so safely And if you think you need some therapy to do that Just some supportive therapy For some help in getting out of a relationship You could certainly seek that So it is your happiness in your life, Alina And you want to value it to the point of uh, gaining more knowledge, and then parting ways if you cease to be soulmates. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on The Rational Basis of Happiness. Look forward to being with you again next week.
0: Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, The Serious Romance Guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke.
1: The platonic view that sexual enjoyment is shameful or wrong is profoundly insulting and unjust. Your body, with its capacity for sexual pleasure, is neither good nor evil. It is a fact of your nature. You are born with it, and thus it's outside your realm of choice. To feel condemned for your sexual capacity is to make a mockery of morality. Choice enters in, not with your capacity to to experience pleasure, but with how, when, and with whom you express and enjoy your sexual capacity. These choices are determined by the judgment of your mind, not by your body.
0: You can download chapter one for free by going to drkenner.com and buy it at amazon.com.
2: When The Fountainhead was first published more than 70 years ago, Ayn Rand's bold literary vision and groundbreaking philosophy of individualism captured the world's attention. Initially rejected by 12 publishers as too intellectual, the novel became an instant classic and continues to provoke heated debates. The story of an innovative young architect, his violent battle against convention, and his love affair with a woman who seeks to defeat him. The Fountainhead is as relevant today as it was when Rand first penned it. Order your copy at Amazon.com. Were you injured in an auto accident? If so, it won't cost you anything to see if we can help you recover the compensation that you deserve. But you cannot wait. You need to call now. 1-800-LAW-FIRM. That's one 800 law 1-800-LAW-FIRM. Or 1-800-529-3476. Don't wait another minute. Call now. 1-800-LAW-FIRM.
1: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kid Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kidessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash today.
0: Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, The Serious Romance Guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke
1: the platonic view that sexual enjoyment is shameful or wrong is profoundly insulting and unjust your body with its capacity for sexual pleasure is neither good nor evil it is a fact of your nature you are born with it and thus it's outside your realm of choice to feel condemned for your sexual capacity is to make a mockery of morality choice enters in not with your capacity to experience pleasure, but with how, when, and with whom you express and enjoy your sexual capacity. These choices are determined by the judgment of your mind, not by your body.
0: You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and buy it at amazon.com.
2: parents insisting on how you should run your family does raising your family conflict with your job now's your chance to talk about it with Dr. Ellen Kenner clinical psychologist taking your calls and questions on work family or any personal issue call her now toll-free at 877 Dr. Kenner that's 877 drk E N N -N 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 E R. you are a good psychiatrist Thank you. Something I can't really lay claim to after today. How could I have so misjudged that man? Well,
0: he's undeniably charming, for
2: one thing, and he can be lucid for long stretches of time. Yes, but you weren't fooled. Somehow you you picked up on some tiny, tiny clue that I missed. you remember what it was? (sighs) Yes. Midway through our interview, he took off his trousers and tried to put them on the cat. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and that's so cute. That's from Frazier. And that's Niles and Fraser talking, obviously. And think, think in your own life. You know, we all are, in one sense, a psychologist. We're all trying to make sense of the people around us. And to the extent that we value our own lives, we're trying to work hard. To make sense of what's going wrong in our lives and how to turn that around, how to make that uh, just just glide, how to be able to glide through life and to be able to deal with the bumps much better. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and my show is the Rational Basis of Happiness, and my number is toll free one eight seven seven D R K E N N E R. That's toll free one eight seven seven Doctor Kenner, and you can also visit my website drkenner.com. I'm a clinical psychologist here to answer your questions on any problems you're having with family or friends or with yourself or just just wanting to ask a question to a psychologist and right now let's turn to the phones and John welcome to the show.
3: Thank you doctor.
1: Yeah you have a question on this 12-step method?
3: Yes, I've been in uh, I'm in one 12-step recovery program for 15 years, and I'm finding a a need to be in another fellowship as well. And uh, one has worked very well for me, and I'm struggling uh, to maintain sobriety in 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 this other fellowship. And uh, your name came up, and I'm wondering, as a you know, in, in is it rational for me to rely on 12-step recovery programs for uh, so that I don't uh, practice the addictions that uh, uh, seem to be compulsive in me?
1: Okay. What are your habits?
3: Uh, I've had uh, alcoholism, and then the other one is the food and, and sex uh, uh, addictions.
1: Okay. When, you, when we call them addictions, what do we assume?
3: That, they, that we're powerless over them and uh, that my life uh, has become unmanageable.
1: And then it becomes how easy or hard to change. If a doctor says, Ellen, you've got diabetes, I don't have it, but if he says that, then I have to work within the bounds of diabetes if I want to live longer and happier right Yes. when you're told you have an addiction it's like a rubbish stamp on you that then tells you what about the change process how do you mean well if somebody tells me that Uh, let's say that I drink too much, and somebody tells me it's an addiction, you know, it's partly genetic, it's partly, uh, maybe, you know, habits from a long time ago, but regardless, you need to give yourself up to a higher power, you need to recognize that you're an alcoholic for life, you can never let down your guard, and that you'll need to go to meetings and to have a sponsor. What type of view is that presenting to me?
3: Uh that uh, i'm relying on uh no hope really that uh, the, well the only hope then is to is to do what uh, uh... others do and that's to you know get a sponsor read the book book go to meetings and uh practice abstinence
1: right and now let's say that you heard somebody have a different approach and they say listen john or uh, if i use myself listen alan you you have been drinking way too much let's figure out let's figure out why you're trying to escape because alcohol works I mean in quotes works it helps you feel better when you're not feeling when you're psychologically not feeling well when you're confused your mind is muddled or you feel guilty or you feel depressed or you feel anxious I mean it, it people use it for a reason they're not stupid right Right. So if, if I say, let's figure out what's going on in your life and what thinking skills you could use that would make you not even want to turn to alcohol. And let's take it, if you want, one step at a time. I mean, you can't overload a person, but it's not one step at a time in terms of abandoning your mind to a higher, higher power. It's loving your mind embracing your mind being willing to face good facts about yourself some people are running away from actually very good traits that they have that they feel unfortunately guilty for maybe they're ambitious and they feel guilty for being too selfish they want the of bed- better things in life and their parents don't want them to go a certain route that's an unearned guilt and it would be much better for them to recognize that that's an unearned guilt and deal with it rather than just Continuing a habit, I agree it, it turns into a habit, but I don't see it as an addiction, and habits are something you can break, of turning to alcohol as a means to deal with problems that are in your mind. So if I said to you, listen, you don't have to be an alcoholic for life, and AA is not the only route, there are rational recovery programs. And you can have a cognitive therapy approach, or there are other approaches, too, that are effective. I mean, people respond differently to different interventions, but you can gain the thinking skills that can help you face head-on whatever the main problems are that are driving you to drink, to uh, do you eat too much, is that it? Right you morbidly obese
3: no no I'm I just uh, binge on sweets cookies I can eat a box of cookies uh, at a setting
1: oh that's yeah so can I <laughs> but I have changed I mean as a childhood I used to sit with the marshmallow the chocolate covered uh, I don't know what they were graham cracker delicious treats I forget the <laughs> name now and I could go through a box at a time I used to sneak and steal them out of the cabinet in the middle of the night when my parents were sleeping I mean <laughs> totally. Talk about, uh, that's, but I wouldn't call that an addiction. It's just a pursuit of values. And knowing my parents wouldn't let me have it, I had them. Uh, and sex—Are you pr- very promiscuous? Are you uh, taking risks that could put you at risk for health problems? Certainly. Yeah. Okay. Can you get yourself to a? Uh, I'd love to you to see, get you to a rational therapist. Are you in? You're in AA. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let me go back to my first point, which is that if you have a different view of yourself as capable of change, capable of seeing all of these three problems as in the past, would you like that view better? Yes. It's open. It's available to you. It's what Ayn Rand refers to as check your premises, uh, look at your core fundamental philosophical ideas about yourself, about the world, about others, about your future, and make sure that you are making choices and have the thinking methods to really thrive in life. And there are I wish I could say there are a lot of Objectivist psychologists there aren't yet. The closest thing is a cognitive therapist, but some of them come from irrational theoretical orientation. So you can go to the academy CT.org. You can go to my website uh, that, thats that will list cognitive therapists around the country. You can go to my website and there is a book, Sober for Good, that's an excellent book by Ann Fletcher.
3: Okay.
1: And that's just dealing with the alcohol problem, but if you can also at my website dr. Kenner K-E-N-N-E-R.com, there mm-hmm. is also a book Changing for Good. Okay. And that just totally pulverizes the view that change is impossible. <laughs> um, the idea of turning to a god or a mystic mysticism really robs you of your own mind, mm-hmm. and it keeps you tied to that system and tied to that in quotes disease, which I don't see as a disease. Some, okay. I went to a talk yesterday and someone said, you know, if alcoholism is a d- disease, then so is, then, uh, if you have a gene for alcoholism, then you have to have a gene for speed, you have to have a gene for pot, you have to have a gene for, he said it's bizarre, it becomes ridiculous if you look at that genetic approach to uh, uh, alcoholism. So listen, thank you so much for your call and I wish you, so, you your own hard-earned uh, sobriety and happiness. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness.
2: Is addiction ruining your life or a loved one's life? Going to treatment is the hardest thing you'll ever do, but it is so much easier than living with the pain of this disease. Addiction is a disease. Stop saying tomorrow when it can be today. Call now and take your first step towards recovery. 1-800-681-7951. 1-800-681-7951. That's 1-800-681-7951. How can you resolve family fighting, anxiety, job stress, or perhaps an unromantic relationship? DrKenner.com is the place to discover the rational way to achieve your happiness. That's D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R.com. DrKenner.com is a free Internet website where you can read answers to your questions, psychology in the news, articles, and book reviews. Dr. Ellen Kenner is a clinical psychologist, and at DrKenner.com, you can email her a question on any problem you're dealing with. That's D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R.com. And remember to tune into Dr. Kenner's show every week.